and welcome once again to the Safe Place Podcast episode three. And today's topic, gentlemen, is addiction. So who wants to fire away first with their interpretation of uh, what addiction is? What is addiction? Yeah. Craig, what is it? Right, then through experience and knowledge that I've had, addiction is um, when you have to do something, when you continue to do something because you crave that thing. So it's a it's a big desire and it brings you a, fulfills a need. Uh, so that's my expression of addiction. I fulfill a desire because it brings me something positive or uh, maybe blinds me from something yeah, negative. Forgetfulness. Yeah, it might. So take, it takes me away from something. And so that's my experience of an addiction in the past. Yeah, mine, mine's exactly the same. Uh, it's sort of, no matter all the stresses, the anxieties, depressions, the traumas that happened in your life, when they try and creep up, you try and find the next best thing to forget them if you can't do it yourself. Unfortunately, drugs do do that. Alcohol just takes you away from the reality. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always imagine it with, say, if you imagine your nervous system, which is like a sensory organ in of itself, isn't it? And if you've grown up in a, in a childhood that was full of anxiety and fear and worry that what you being you and the consequences of what you being you would have been, the nervous system would have programmed itself into a state of a slight sense of anxiety all the time. And because it's been programmed at a certain stage of many life experiences of, of trauma that you've gone through, it's regulated to that anxious level. So your sense of you always sits a sense of some sort of discomfort or anxiety with yourself. And one of the most natural things in the world to do when you feel in a state of discomfort is to try and reach out towards something that makes that discomfort go away. Mm. And this is why some addictions have these this incredible power over us because we're looking for a sense of well-being that we don't have for ourselves, do we? So as we try and understand and accept this mental health, uh, what we want to try and get to is understanding addiction. But when it does something bad, when it's bad for your life and it, and it brings lots of negativity, uh, broken relationships, uh, maybe not going to work because you're, you're drinking you know, alcohol, uh, whatever the addiction is, when it starts to be negative for you and you know it or you don't know it, we want to try and find the, the point where we can change that to, to get a hold and, and hopefully get rid of the addiction, don't we? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard because I just don't feel there's enough rehabilitation to help people get over these addictions. Uh, just a lot of love and caring, and just showing they're just showing as much as that as you can as possible, so the person to show yes we do care we do want you to stop. But in some cases it's, it's it, it depends I think on the drug. So as we know, with heroin, it's 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 hard to explain. It's just such a dangerous and nasty drug, yeah. That even even the strongest world of people would be very hard to kick. It's a, it's a life, of, yeah, a it's, life destroyer. It's, isn't it's it? very very much a life destroyer. 
it's 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 a just a nasty, dirty drug. And and the extremes that people go to to find that fulfilment because they can't feel it in themselves. And the judgments that we have upon those people that do it. So if we look at somebody that we perceive to be a success in society, like Mo Farah, mm. who has obviously, to a degree with my knowledge, and again, my knowledge could be completely wrong, but I'm just going to throw it out there, that at a certain stage in his life, he either had a very loving father or somebody in his life that was telling him, you can do this, son, you run, you can be the best. And that would have filled him with a little bit of anxiety that he's got to live up to what his dad wants him to be. Or it could be the opposite, which is he never had anyone in his life that made him feel worthy for being alive for himself. So that discomfort inside of him makes him, to try and alleviate that discomfort, it makes him go running every day for 20 years of his life, for hours and hours on end to reach a gold medal, which is a symbol for his fulfillment. Yep. And I guarantee you that if you speak to most of those sports stars, most of the sports stars that we know to a degree always talk about a type of depression after their career is over. And it's because the only way they ever knew to find that drug of success was, was through the obsessive behaviour has uh, now finished and they're left almost this empty shell again and they've got to rebuild themselves to find that drug, whether it be a gold medal, whether it be heroin, yeah. whether it be alcohol, whether it'll be just changing it around to where they find fulfilment with their own family, which is it's a struggle, isn't it, to find to replace one addiction with another because we're all doing it all of the time. Well, you've had a lot of experience, haven't you, with your clients and you're probably the best one to, to really have seen or the way that addictions create problems, which then end up going back into a, 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 a loop, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like your addiction, you can come away, you can sort of get out of the water enough to breathe and yeah. feel that goodness. But even then, that's a fear factor of, I, I'm not used to feeling good and happy without this, without this, yeah. without this. So what I want to ask is, why do we have this human nature to even feel f- fulfilled? Where does that come from? Okay, so the human nature to feel fulfilled, because one could argue, and I've heard many different concepts on the idea of this, but because that is our true nature. And being out of our our environment, our natural environment, which is supposed to be comfort and a sense of bliss, feels so alien to us that the discomfort of an addiction, uh, in a sense, feel so bad because we've, we're suffering. We know we're suffering. We feel we're suffering. But yeah. speaking about the clients, which makes, which for me is one of the first things I do with a client that's aware that they've got an addiction and a self-defeating behavior that they want to get out of is by zooming out the lens of awareness and making them see themselves is that they're absolutely normal again, that the way they're behaving, the way they're feeling, and the way they're behaving to try and escape that feeling that they feel in of itself for who they are is normal. It might have negative consequences, of course it does, which creates more long-term suffering. But for them to get an awareness that there's nothing wrong with them, culture might say something's wrong with you because you've got an addiction. But in of itself, because you've got an addiction, it actually shows that you're actually perfectly normal. You're looking for a sense of home and longing that you haven't felt for yourself before. So the... I mean, I can talk about my addiction of the past and uh, this is difficult to speak about, but I was addicted to helping and caring for people. 
done a lot of humanity work and I was just obsessed with it raw and just needed to help everybody. And what came across and back from that wanting to help people, when I thought I knew a little bit about psychology and I wanted to help everybody, mm-hmm. came back a rejection of you're making me feel uncomfortable by saying there's a world that exists outside of what I do, which makes me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, how can you break down that barrier of the, the comfortable bit of the addiction the drug that you need that goes through the body and the, the physical side of it and break it to fulfill that without it. Yeah. Have you got any I've, idea I've, of that? I've, 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 saw, I've saw many things before through the TV and it was basically cops going out there and they're, they're stopping the drug dealers, they're doing home raids and then there's arresting uh, drug addicts and there's a sad one with a guy and he was just... He's been arrested by the police officer. He's in cuffs. He he had a hit of his of heroin, and he knew that what he was doing that he didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, but he was stuck in. And that he was cycle. he was so upset. It was, it was very upsetting to watch because yeah. I felt I I felt his pain. His pain, yeah. And he just had no no resources to go to to help no. him rehabilitate or to try and get him off the heroin and so he was really stuck in that negative it, it was a shot yeah point, he, he, he knew he knew that what he was doing was killing him and in answer to your question is how do we break that leap from I feel bad I need that to feel good and the only way to do it is to change the way you perceive suffering to be so at the minute we feel bad and we want to feel better. Now we've got to try and say, okay, why do I feel bad? Let me spend some time in the one place that I would do everything and take every drug I can to escape from. Can I go into my suffering with a gentle, compassionate awareness that I can explore that dark, painful area and realise that the more that you can do that, and it's always good to do it with somebody that's knowledgeable on the subject, that can sit with you as you explore that trauma in a sense that pain that you don't want to feel and what can come of it is a potential for a different change an awareness that makes you begin to compassionately accept yourself because it's the the pain that you feel and not being able to compassionately accept that pain that leads you to taking that drug so it's got to be a a complete i am going to move towards the light at the minute I'm not going to move towards home or that state of well-being in myself through the drug. I need somebody in my life right now who can be with me as I explore the very thing that I've been running from. Yeah. Do you understand? So I've done my usual trick. I've made some lovely notes, which I know that you love. Oh, his notes. Oh, his notepad. And (laughs) I watched some videos. You uh, showed us a video, didn't you, of a... The guy's name, Dr. Gabor, is it? Gabor Marte, yeah. Expert, absolutely brilliant, uh, really good information. And then I thought I'd go into myself to see what my answer is. And this is what I've done, what I've wrote down, just my belief, and see if this connects. And I know I get some deep sometimes, so hopefully we've got 10 minutes left. Yeah, throw it. Now, for me... It's the same as mental health, like the first episode. Addiction doesn't exist. But at the, the, the step before is everybody's addicted. 
There's people that do 70, 80 hours a week. They're covering up some sort of turmoil in their life, aren't they? They're not confronting some. There's addicts out there who need to go on their phone eight hours a day to get that little hit. I've got 20 likes, 30 likes, 40 likes. And so addiction is out there disguised not as heroin or alcohol. Now, for me, addiction is this. This is what I've wrote down. Just see if this makes any sense. It seems to be a distraction from you silencing your mind, actually breaking down from all the distractions of the world, this this sort of matrix that we end up being plugged into. Well, they say it's a form of escapism, isn't it? So for me, it's a yeah. distra- you're distracting what, yourself yeah, but, with whatever you choose. But what if you've got a man or a woman, where, when you say addiction, if they're working a 70-hour week job... If you look at it in another way, it, it isn't always about addiction that they want to work 70 to 80 hours a week. It could be just purely down to... Circumstances. Di- circumstances, yeah. yeah. Circumstances no, to like what people the... people have free jobs. Well, not paying fear, the bills. Yeah. Fear of paying the bills. And even that fear goes of back feeding to... feeding the family. Yeah. Fear on fear on fear of living their life the way that society tells you that you should. Yeah. So... Uh, that person, 78 hours, if he's happy and he's fine with doing this, this is fine. I'm talking about the people who do it because they're escaping the wife at home. I've got, yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, let me come oh, in okay. with this theory that I've, yeah. I've bored you with before. Uh, we're looking at survival now, aren't we? So survival, what is surviving? If you look up in the dictionary, it'll give you a, a brief assumption of what survival is. But let's look at what really is survival. It's an emotional, instinctive thing, isn't it? And it's the idea that if we got a petri dish now and put bacteria in the middle of that petri dish and we called one side of that petri dish freezing cold and made the other side of that petri dish warm, the bacteria would naturally move towards what's warm because it's what feels better. That is addiction inside of itself. I am unconsciously moving away from discomfort to comfort. Now, the message that we need to get across here is, is how can we overcome addiction and there are drugs out there. There are loads of external factors that you can incorporate to escape that discomfort. But I think what Craig's looking more towards is the idea that a level of awareness or psychology that is inside of you that you can open yourself up to can be the thing that you can escape to, Yeah, you not can, an external thing. You can break away from all the habits that kept you from this uncomfortable feeling. So you're... Uh, enabled to walk through the uncomfortable feeling, to go through the other side and realise, wow, I've survived, I've got there. Yeah, yeah. And then that's where you can see that you can only choose the right thing for yourself. The paradoxes, the incredible paradoxes, as we are trying to find a way to alleviate addiction and we learn that through a certain mindset or a, a, a philosophical sense of psychology, you can find that home or that sense of safety within yourself mm. you can generate it from within you then become addicted to yourself yeah. so you, there's nothing wrong with addiction it's just a misinterpretation yeah. of what's going but on how would you uh how would you go about trying to help a homeless guy on the streets who's a drug addict again, where would you start with them well again look i'm going to take a homeless guy in off the street what if i can't trust him what if he's going to steal something from me what if I can't help him? Do you hear that unconscious internal voice yeah. that generates a sense of discomfort in me? What's the only way I know how to get rid of that discomfort? 
I'll change the external world. I'm not going to bring him into my house. And that therefore I eradicate my self-defeating negative thoughts that create my own discomfort. Yeah. So it's all literally the universe within is literally asking for you to become so conscious of what you are and you are not your internal voice. So why not build a trust with the homeless guy while going out and seeing him and interacting with Absolutely. him and getting to know him? Well, do you know what comes up in me as you say what? that? Yeah, but can you trust? Can you trust him? But why not? Can, you trust, I, can I, he trust you? I'll get you 100%. Yeah, can he trust me? What you do you mean? Can you trust me? Which I'm going to get up to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's sometimes an you've, got thing, it, it? you've got to pull it all behind you. Yeah, that's you've got to, you've got to want to help yeah. these people. Yeah. You've got to want to. And why do you want to help these people? It'll make you go closer to home. That becomes exactly. your new addiction. That's my yeah. Yeah. So I've the thing got, is, is there is no addiction. Paradoxically, there is, and that it's okay for people to have them. We think of addictions as bad. Culture of spoon fed you a set of information that makes you associate the word addiction to a bad thing when actually it's as normal as you urinating when you get out of bed yeah. in the morning. It's perfectly okay. It's your safe place? Yeah. So, that's a good one. The thing about this is I've got a story about the homeless guy as well that somebody actually, ho- actually took in. Yeah. Said, do the garden for me. I'll pay you some money. Mm-hmm. Thought they was doing a beneficial thing. She ended up getting her head chopped off, right? So you've got to be careful, all right? So um, <laughs> so what we found is the thing that makes you comfortable, the addiction, is making you feel comfortable from something that's uncomfortable. Yeah. So we're saying that it's okay to go into this uncomfortable place regardless of how painful it seems. Yeah. Um, but there's something else there. There's that that wall around us that we just can't get the motivation to break down. I'd rather drink every night and ease and get lost in the madness of my own mind. Because it's easier to do it. And again, that's the, it's like human beings are like rivers. A river will find the easiest path possible down to home, the ocean. So human beings, it's a lot easier to pick up a can of beer to feel the short-term pleasure and the escapism of that comfortable feeling and, and to go towards it, the suffering. You've got, you've got addicts that all have different circumstances in yeah. their life. So we've soldiers yeah, come back from war, PTSD enrolled into a programme, which some aren't successful. Yeah. So how would you, how would you help a... And a soldier. Well, get all of her addiction as well. It's presumptuous of me to say, but it's the idea that what I share with the soldier, in a sense, is my emotions. Yeah. All right. It's one thing that uh, brings us together rather than separates us, rather than he's been in a war, he wears a uniform, I'm a counselor. Two completely different worlds. Let's unify ourselves with the idea that we both feel emotion. Yeah. And so the only way, again, I mean, to help anybody. Again, the message, and it's becoming close to the end of this uh, episode for it at the minute, but the the message that we want to get across through yeah. the Safe Place podcast is the idea, the most important thing that you can ever find within yourself is beginning to accept yourself for who you are. Yeah. So anyone that's out there now suffering with an addiction that then has a voice over their mind where they think they're a fuck-up or a screw-up or somebody a squirm society, yeah. realise that that's just an incorrect voice that creates more suffering and your way of escaping that suffering leads you to more addictive behaviour. Yeah. 
Just accept yourself that this is natural. You are surviving like everybody else's, whether you're Mo Farah or uh, some person who's addicted to homeless guy. Yeah, we're all exactly the same, doing the same things. Mm. So try and walk into the walk into the trauma, walk into the uncomfortableness, get all the support and help you can. Speak about why. I mean, even to yourself, speak to yourself yeah. about why you do what you do. Yeah. And then you can just accept it. Speak to the people that really want to open their ears and listen to you. And then on the other side of that is uh, from our experiences. There is a Nirvana yeah, there, isn't just, there? Just seek out the people that have overcome it themselves. Yeah. So You'll find the people that will care definitely. as long as you're willing to use your voice to get there. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. Thank you, everybody. And tune in next time where we're going to be talking about Craig's difficult experience working in a harsh industry, which was, again, Craig, remind me. Well, the, the Hal or Huel prison. Yeah, thank you.